Peter the Great comes to mind as a hero of Russian history, for he founded the city where I was born, and he was a great reformer who reshaped our country. Vladimir Putin. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and in past episodes, at least in one past episode, I covered some of the revisionist myths about Russian history that President Vladimir Putin has put forth since he's been in office. Well, there is another aspect of President Putin and his goals and his attempts at, if not revisionism, at least perhaps restoration, for lack of a better word, going on right now. As the world anxiously waits to see if Russian troops will indeed invade Ukraine, news channels have been engaged in minute-by-minute reporting of every development, whether large, small, or simply perceived. The United States and NATO have issued often contradictory statements, sometimes on the same day, that range from the hopeful, like there is still a diplomatic path forward, to the blatantly alarmist, like our intelligence shows that Russia will invade on Wednesday. Now, for the record, that warning meant Wednesday, February 16th, or two days ago. So, thankfully, they were wrong about that one. Now, in my opinion, that's not the only thing our intelligence services and media outlets have been getting wrong since the buildup of Russian troops started on the Ukrainian border late last year. One of the areas they've all been most wrong about, again, in my opinion, involves President Putin and his true motives for stoking this crisis in the first place. And as with anything to do with both Putin or Russia, it's complicated. Officially, the Russian government has concerns about the possible expansion of NATO into yet another country on its border. The Baltic states of Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia have long been a part of NATO, but they're small and frankly have not played a significant role in regional events for roughly 200 years. Ukraine's a different story, however. From the Russian point of view, if they were to join NATO, it would place a, quote, enemy, exactly at the spot through which both Napoleon and Hitler launched their invasions of Russia. It's easy for us in the West to dismiss such fears today, but having lost more than 20 million dead during those two conflicts, the concern from the Russian side can't simply be dismissed. Losing that many citizens leaves a scar. The media has also been quick to invoke the specter of the old Soviet Union, both because of the fact that the Soviets staunchly held on to Iron Curtain states like Poland and Romania as a buffer between Russia proper and NATO, and because of something Vladimir Putin said early in his presidency. He said, quote, First and foremost, it's worth acknowledging that the demise of the Soviet Union was the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the century, end quote. News commentators have been repeating this quote in recent days as the crisis has heightened, and it does offer a glimpse into Putin's mindset and makes it, makes it seem like he wants to rebuild the USSR. However, there's another quote from him that makes this idea a bit more murky. He also said, quote, Whoever does not miss the Soviet Union has no heart. Whoever wants it back has no brain. End quote. So yes, Putin was a KGB colonel 
whose life was upended by the fall of the Soviet Union. So things seem to have turned out pretty well for him since 1991. But when asked in 2019 who he considered the heroes of Russian history, his first response was Peter the Great. He even pointed out that he was born in St. Petersburg, the jewel of Russian cities built from reclaimed marshland by Tsar Peter himself. It's also surely no coincidence that in recent years, Putin has attempted to project Russian power abroad by building up the Russian Navy, just as Peter the Great did in the late 1600s and early 1700s. For all its land, client states, and nuclear arsenal, there are really only two leaders of the Soviet Union anyone remembers today. Lenin, a man remembered mainly for the 1917 revolution and who died only seven years after it, and Stalin, who in spite of recent attempts at revisionist rehabilitation of his reputation, is almost universally recognized for the brutal mass murderer he was. Putin may miss the days when the Soviet Union was one of only two superpowers, but he has no desire to be remembered like Stalin. Statues that are torn down a few years after your death are not a lasting legacy. I believe that everything Putin has done and continues to do since he took power is geared toward restoring, in fact if not in name, the Russian Empire that existed in the time of the Tsars, and that he truly sees himself as the successor of Peter the Great. Viewed in this light, his actions toward Ukraine since 2014 make much more sense, from his annexation of Crimea to his threat of war today. The capital of Ukraine, Kiev, holds both a historical significance and a central place in the hearts of not just those in Ukraine, but also in Russia and Belarus as well. The people of all three countries trace their cultural, geographical, and political beginnings to the Kievan Rus of the 9th century. Putin does not see Ukraine as an independent nation, but as a part of Russia stolen from them at the end of the Cold War. And he's not alone among Russians in this view. A look at a map of the Russian Empire in 1914 shows that this isn't confined simply to Ukraine either. In Putin's mind, cities from Helsinki to Warsaw to Kiev to Minsk are all rightfully part of Russia. He doesn't want to return to the Soviet Union where these cities and nations were simply under Russian control. He wants to restore the time when these places were Russia. A recent article by Russian historian Sergei Makin shows that others see this as well. Megan writes that the Kremlin is in the process of designing a new flag for a state that includes Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia. And as the old European alliances break down, Macon believes Russia will be able to, quote, return the historical territories that were part of ancient Russia and later the empire of the times of Peter and Catherine the Great, end quote. Now, does any of this really matter with regard to the threat of war Europe now faces? Not from a tactical standpoint, no. From a long-term strategic standpoint, it could be far more important. Every piece of the old Russian empire Putin is allowed to absorb back into Russia, like Crimea and parts of Georgia and Moldova, only emboldens him further. With a typical politician, there might be a point where common sense and political expediency say stop. With a man who believes he is operating under the old system of the divine right of kings and fulfilling a millennia-long destiny, there may be no stopping point. Well, that's our episode for today. I hope you have a great weekend.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.